I thought it would be fun tonight to sit down. And no, that doesn't mean I'll get longer. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as you place your word before us, open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to receive your word and be built up in our faith in you to know that the guarantee is we are not our past. We are your forgiven and redeemed children. We are heirs of eternal life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to read to you from Mark uh, chapter 15. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him, Jesus, read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. You know, you, you got to kind of wonder, the, the guy on the right and, and the guy on the left, what did the sign say that was above them? I mean, we just heard about the sign that was above Jesus, didn't we? And, and it states the reason why he's there. And it's because they feel that he was an imposter. Now, even though we know that's not the truth about Jesus and, and what he had been, on that particular day, that's what he is identified as being. That was his past. That was how he had lived and what he had been and why he was now being crucified. But... What about those two guys, the one on the right, one on the left? What did their sign say about them? You know, I'm thinking, and, and this is based on Mark's account of the crucifixion of Jesus, that the sign nailed above their heads probably said that they were robbers. That was their past. That's how they were identified on that day. Robbers. Thieves. Not necessarily a past one would boast about or be proud of. Wouldn't you agree? Now, I, I did some reading about these two guys who were crucified with, with Jesus, especially the robber who was crucified to the right of Jesus. And I came across this interesting perspective that one author took on him. One of the articles about, it, about him identified him as being the quote-unquote good robber. And as I read that, I, I, I couldn't help but wonder, so was he previously the bad robber? I mean, aren't all robbers inherently bad? Is there really such a thing as a good robber? That's an interesting take on that man, isn't it? And, and in a way, what I think it is, it's an attempt to give this man a new identity, a break from his past. Others have done it by calling him the penitent thief on the cross. But you know what? Um, at the end of the day, whether we call him the good robber or we call him the penitent thief, at the end of the day, what he has been, his past, is still following him, isn't it? That's still how he is being identified. Yeah, he was good, but he was still a robber. And he certainly was penitent, 
but he was still a thief. And in both instances, we are still identifying him by his past, what he was, and what he had done. So let's get personal for a moment. How do you identify yourself? How do you define yourself? Who are you? Is there something in your past that as you think about yourself is either your default way of defining who you are or at least one of your options as you define who you are? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here on this question, okay? Just in your own heart, quietly answer this question. Who here has done something in the past that even yet today it still haunts you that you did that thing? And as a result, do you have a negative way of identifying yourself and thinking of yourself? Do you identify yourself through that thing that you regret having done? Do you identify yourself as being a loser or a failure because you did that thing? Is that how you define yourself? Are you your past? I believe there's a theological term for this, um, for what we have experienced over something that we've done in the past, which we are not proud of and which we deeply regret ever having done, and it's called guilt. Do you define yourself by way of what you are guilty of having done? We know from his own words that the good robber, the penitent thief, was experiencing some of that guilt as he hung on the cross next to Jesus. And it was his clear sense of guilt and responsibility that led him to admit that what was happening to him in those moments and that other guy on the other side of Jesus, it was merited and fully deserved. Don't you fear God, he said to the other robber. Since we are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. At that moment, how was he defining himself? He was his past, wasn't he? And his guilt over his past would not let him forget it. So what did Jesus do about this? Here's what he did. When Jesus spoke to him, Jesus didn't bring up the past. Jesus didn't refer to his past. He didn't call him the good robber. He didn't even call him the penitent thief. My sanctified imagination tells me he called him first by name. And then he called him a child of God. 
Then he called him an heir of everlasting life. That's who he was, according to Jesus. You see, he was no longer defined by his past because God in Christ had forgiven the past. Guilt no longer defined who this man was. Instead, he was now defined instead by grace. Listen to these words of Psalm 65. I think they spell out very clearly what happened on the day that Jesus died and spoke to this man and the new identity that this man was given. Not an identity based on the past, but an identity based on the future. O oh, you who hear prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those who choose you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Isn't it now the grace of God that defines you? And who you are. You are not your past. You are not. The full and complete forgiveness of God gained for you by Jesus Christ defines who you are. For with his blood, your sins, all of them, have been washed away. And that includes your guilt for that sin, which still haunts you and wants to define who you are. That, too, is gone. You have God's guarantee on it. As far as the east is from the west, go ahead and measure it, so far have I removed your sins from you. At the expense of, of putting you through listening to me sing again, I'd like to take you back to the, the hymn that I sang uh, last week or tried to sing. Uh, there is a fountain filled with blood. Uh, the first verse of that song, and, and if you'd like to join with me in singing it, I know I, for one, would appreciate it. <laughs> there is a fountain filled with blood Drawn from Emmanuel's veins And sinners plunged beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains You hear the words? Lose all. Lose all. They're guilty stains. Stains are the tough things to get, aren't they? You launderers, right? You gotta work extra hard at getting the stains. The stains remind you of what was spilled. Lose all their guilty stains. You are not your past, are you? In baptism. God made you his child. In baptism, he gave you a new identity. 
What defines you now is not your past. Like the good thief, the good robber, the penitent thief, what defines you now is your future. Listen to 1 John chapter 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. On that day long ago, the good robber, the penitent thief, he saw Jesus with his own eyes, didn't he? He saw Jesus and he saw him crucified. He saw Jesus, the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sin of the world. He saw Jesus. He saw his Savior. And not only did he see Jesus, he heard Jesus. He heard Jesus say, today you will be with me in paradise. And in that moment, he was free from his past. He was no longer defined by his past. His past wasn't who he was. Rather, he was defined by God's grace. And Jesus was his guarantee of that. And because of that, let's no longer call him the good robber or even the penitent thief. Instead, Allah, Psalm 65, let's just simply call him blessed because that's what he was and who he was, blessed. That same Jesus on the cross, he is your guarantee, a guarantee from God that you are not your past. Guilt no longer defines you. God's grace defines you. Your past doesn't. The future you have in Jesus does. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So think of yourself as being this, blessed. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.